Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 176. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. All right, guys, we are all back. We're really chugging along here. I'm so excited. And um, we'll just go right into it, guys. So I have Chisme de la Semana. And as you guys all know, um, James Gunn and Peter Saffron um, have taken it upon themselves to... um, They are the uh, creative overseers of the direction of the superhero franchise films, television, and animation at DC Studios. Uh, They have recently shared 10 projects uh, uh, that they're talking about after the exit of Henry Cavill. And um, they mentioned something about Ezra Miller, but I don't want to talk about Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously. Um, they are going to be introducing a slate of big heroes and lesser-known characters. The new Batman movie is going to be um, being uh, going to be produced, but without Robert Pat- Pattinson. Pattinson, um, but they will be introducing um, he- Bruce Wayne's son. Um, he is the murderous son, so is he Damien? Damien. Mm-hmm. Damien. Damien. I forgot. I, keep- I don't know why I said Damien. <laughs> but so they're going to be introducing Damien. So that's going to be exciting, I think. Um, uh, there's going to be a Superman movie released uh, in July of 2025. And there's going to be a Game of Thrones style esque kind of drama set up in Timiscara. Um, so I'm pretty in- uh, interested to see that. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to have Wonder Woman in Temescara at the time of this Game of Thrones-esque kind of movie, but um, I'm excited to see that. Um, they have also been talking about how they want to integrate the TV shows, the cartoons, and the movies into um, one whole huge universe, which I think is great because, you know, um, like <laughs> like Kristen always says, like, why didn't they give us a flash from the TV show in the movie? Yes. Which I completely agree with her. I mean, they're her. talking yes. about it like it's some unique grand new idea marvel has been doing this from day f and one and i have no idea why dc thought that it was this amazing thing to have different character different actors play the same character across different platforms it makes no sense whatsoever it's so confusing and uh for fans it's very frustrating so i hope that i mean i actually have a lot of hope for um this new era of dc universe and hopefully um it brings a lot more um people on board for tv shows and movies and obviously james gunn has done um an amazing job for guardians so i am um really hoping he brings that kind of energy and creativity to uh dc and um we already have had the day that that uh announcement was made we had people coming into the shop buying up all the single issues of the properties that he talked about meantime it was a tuesday i was busy i was doing stuff and i'm like why i was like yes this guy just came in and bought a big old stack of um supergirl woman of tomorrow and then it wasn't to the and then a whole couple of guys came in and were asking if they we had any authority books. And I was like, no, we don't. Um, and then I was like, why are people asking about authority? And turns out that there is an authority. I don't know if it's a TV show movie that was um, that was announced. Um, but it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, that's why these people came in and wiped us out. And I had no idea. So I didn't have – because I was busy with Tuesday stuff for the next day because it's new comic book day. I didn't know. So um, people are on – on the cusp and the cutting edge with their thumb on the pulse of stuff going on in the comic book world. And they rushed right out to their comic book stores and wiped us clean. So, Midnighter um, and I, Apollo. Midnighter and Apollo. Yes. 
So that's what I was going to say. I actually, um, we have a writer on, sta on staff um, for us who writes for various online um, outlets regarding comics. And he contacted me and said, hey, this was just announced. We have the wedding of Apollo and Midnighter in back ish in, uh, in vintage. You should go pull them out. So I did. And that was the only thing um, and that I was surprised that the people who came in didn't find them. So I found them and took them out. Nothing has happened with them yet, but maybe we'll see um, in the future. But yes, that was something that I'm excited about because um, with authority uh, being announced, that means of course that Midnighter and Apollo are going to be, um, are going to be uh, introduced and they are a very iconic, big um, LGBTQ couple in the DC universe. Um, well, they started in Wildstorm, uh, uh, I think. Is that what it was called, Wildstorm? But now they're in DC. So, um, so yes. So I'm excited about that because when I read, uh, when I read Midnighter, it made me tingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, was Midnighter and Apollo what? were from Wildstorm, and they were an independent company from the '90s. And that is the best thing that they have contributed to the comic book world before they were bought by DC. Um, uh, and they were specifically a spoof off of uh, Batman and Superman. <laughs> oh, that's actually really funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was was that Wildstorm the one that was it property or drawn by Jim Lee? I think it. I think that was. I can't remember though. But I think I did read Wildstorm back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah Wildstorm was a publishing company back in the '90s. They also had a title called Wildstorm, but that, uh, that's the one I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, okay. Ah, awesome, kind of cool. Well, they're they have a pretty big um, announcement about this uh, cartoon or animated uh, seven episode animated series uh, that is called Creature Commandos. That's already in pro in pro production. And then I'm excited to see Waller, which is like a yes. HBO max uh, spinoff from yes. Peacemaker. Um, and of course um, you guys know um, Suicide Squad. So uh, the Superman legacy. Um, so that's, it's pretty good. Uh, the lanterns I'm excited about too. Um, yes, so uh, I'm excited about that because the fact that it's green lanterns with an S means that we're going to potentially be introduced to not just the same old, same old, but hopefully um, get a Jessica Cruz in there uh, as well. So I was really excited to see that. And I heard too that there was a Swamp Thing property that was coming as well. Yes, it's uh, the Swamp Thing. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I think that's going to take on a kind of a horror kind of uh, yes, uh, it's going to be a horror film that promises clo to close out the first part of the first chapter. So it's going to be a horror-based film, which I'm excited about as well. Um, then we have Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, um, Booster Gold. It's based off of Booster Gold. Yes. A superhero with imposter syndrome. Well, I'm going to have to take... Well, they have a lot of stuff coming out. That's crazy. The Batman the Batman sequel. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but The Brave and the Bold and Paradise Lost. It's That Paradise Lost is the one uh, is going to take place in Themyscira. Mm -hmm. So they have a pretty interesting handle on things. I'm very excited to see what they come up with. Uh, James Gunn, like you said, had a lot of... Uh, success with guardians of the galaxy kind of bringing some obscure heroes and building them up in this great storyline and great film so i'm very excited to see what they have in store and peter saffron he's a producer so um we'll just we'll just wait and see i'm, I'm very excited i do have to say They're that cool. i'm excited to see um so many ancillary characters being brought to the forefront um, because I am tired of everything being about Batman. Um, and <laughs> I have a hundred percent grown to have this soft spot in my heart for Damien. I used to not like him at all. He was a little brat to me. I was like, I can't stand this little kid. But after we read that, um, 
Beast Girl Loves Raven, I think it was. And he was in there and he was kind of like in the shadows and he was like, like had this like soft spot um, in his in his heart for love. And I don't know, there was something about that book that just really made me grow an affinity for him as a character. And the more and more I've read him, I've had that in my mind, even though it's like not it's not canon or anything. Um, and I've grown to actually enjoy him as a character and actually the psychology of who he is as a Robin who is actually Bruce Wayne's biological son compared to all the other Robins and him just being so much younger and also him coming from a family of demons and just all this stuff. The more and more I learned about him, the more and more I enjoyed reading him as a character. So the fact that I saw that they were using him to uh, to introduce a Robin, I got really super excited. And um, if that's as much as of Batman that I will, I can handle, I'm glad to see all the other stuff that is going to be um, highlighted. And Amanda Waller, for sure, a hundred percent i'm interested in uh uh in seeing that and i'm hoping that that means that somehow renee montoya comes uh in as well yeah yeah definitely definitely so that has been our chisme all right guys now it's time for on my radar what is on your radar kristen on my radar this week is um, a book that I didn't even know I needed um, <laughs> of a character I didn't even know existed, to be honest. Um, this week, uh, we saw the, um, the premiere of Bloodline, Daughter of Blade. Oh, so I had no idea... I had no idea Blade even had a daughter. Someone told me that her first appearance was in a free comic day book. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they said it was last year. Um, I'm hoping I have it somewhere because I'm a big Blade person. But who knows? I could have been so busy that I didn't grab one for myself. Uh, and now I'm sad. But <laughs> um, uh, it's written by Danny Lore. And um, he, uh, the the writer introduces her um, to us uh, and a very interesting story. So um, this, they're in Atlanta and Brielle is a teenager. She's in high school and it's kind of, it was very reminiscent to me of a Buffy story where Buffy didn't know that she was a slayer, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, she would get powers and when when vampires would get near to her all of a sudden she was able to do these like super heroic moves and had um a superpower well it's very similar to um brielle brielle is uh blade's daughter's name brielle brooks um very similar she's experiencing these things and she has no idea what's going on um but you can tell that uh her mother Saffron um, kind of has an idea that something is going on. And so things happen in the book where um, a vampire comes because I guess that somehow they can sniff her out. And, and so they're like wanting to come fight with her. Um, and so there's something that an incident happens where the mother is um, the mother is present and Br Brielle uh, saves her mom, saves herself. And then they both kind of look at each other like, uh, WTF, like you knew vampires existed <laughs> and they're both like, why didn't you say anything? So at this point, um, Saffron, who is Brielle's mom, uh, and apparently, uh, Blade's ex-lover, um, basically tells Brielle, stay home, don't go anywhere, I need to get help. And so, uh, of course, Braille's a teenager. She doesn't listen and uh, goes out vampire hunting. Well, um, there is a new girl in town who is kind of mysterious, kind of like keeps to herself. And she actually plays a big role in, uh, in, is going to play a big role in this story because Brielle on one of her vampire hunting expeditions actually runs into her. Uh, and I think her name was Michelle Whitney. I don't remember now, but anyway, lots of stuff happening in this first issue. And at the very, very end, we see 
Blade on the phone with Saffron and she's saying, I need you. I need your help. And he is going to, um, it, it basically, the book is inferring that he is now going to be coming to Atlanta to help with his daughter, who apparently is also now a vampire slayer. So that is Daughter of Blade number one. Um, it is um, already out. And um, you can get it at your local comic book store. And I really enjoyed it. I'm a big Blade fan. Uh, fan and one of the things that I really enjoy is that Danny actually has a lot of experience writing young heroes. He's uh, written Champions. He wrote for Champions in 2020, and I love me some Champion books. So, um, and I'm guessing that poor Danny back in 2020 didn't get very good sales. So hopefully this <laughs> um, this book will vindicate him. But uh, Blade, uh, I'm sorry, um, Bloodline Daughter of Blade number one is on my radar. That sounds super freaking cool. All right, guys, it is that time again. One of my favorite segments of the podcast. <laughs> it is la, o <laughs> it's la Hora de la Cervecita. Yes, it And today is. we are drinking the Finnish long drink legend of 1952. That sounds so interesting. It, sounds fancy. <laughs> it does sound fancy. It <laughs> it's a, a, a unique taste of natural grapefruit and juniper berry flavors with gin. With gin. That's right. Yeah. I have been wanting to try this because <laughs> the gin part got me. Because I'm, I am even before I became an old lady, I had old lady taste, and I have been You've drinking gin before. and tonic. Yeah. Yes, I have been drinking gin and tonic since my college days. Um, so I'm super, super interested to taste this. I've never heard of this, uh, brewing company before the long drink company. Um, and it looks like, where are they out of? I can't, my, you know, uh, my can uh, yeah, was know. in my refrigerator and it's all full of something gross. <laughs> that I don't know what is all, oh, it says New York. Oh, wow. And, and, uh, U Utica. Is that how you pronounce that name? U T I C A. I would U say Utica. Utica, New York. Utica, Utica. There you go. Utica, Utica. New York. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh, There's and they little... have a lot of words on here, but I'm sorry, they have words in silver on blue background. I can barely. Yeah, I, says... I actually took a picture of it and blew it up. Okay, it says. The Long Drink Company, the story. Long Drink is a top-selling category of alcohol beverages in Finland, a legend that is now available in America. The roots of Long Drink go back to 1952 summer games in Helsinki. Helsinki. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> the country of 4 million people was still poor and recovering from World War II, full of pride for their country, the Finns mm -hmm. wanted to give athletes and tourists an unforgettable experience. However, the officials had a concern: how to serve drinks quickly enough to all the visitors? Question mark. To solve this, they came up with the revolutionary idea of a new liquor drink, and so the first long drink was born. Now this legend has finally been brought to America by the next generation of Finns who want the world to experience the refreshing and unique Finnish long drink. I've never heard of a long drink before. Me neither. So interesting. And, and I like how they put the legend of 1952. Like so <laughs> mysterious. Like, wow, we are just going to go back in time. Ooh, my oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my god, what did you do? Oh my god, I just opened it and that sound was so loud. <laughs> oh my and, goodness. And it's 5.5%, it so it's not that bad. It smells like gin and tonic. My mouth is okay. watering. It's very it smells very lemony. It's and a grapefruit. Just, just as Oh yes, grapefruity. 
just as an aside, yes. Jen is not partaking today because she's not feeling well. So uh, Sarah and I are drinking um, the long drink solo today without Jen. Aww. I, I, you know what? It smells so good. I'm just sitting here, like, in taking in the the scent and the bouquet because I don't want to drink it and it ruin it if it's if it's not good. <laughs> like so far, I love it. <laughs> okay, it's true though. In in upon initial opening of the can, you definitely get the grapefruit. Um, yes. Yeah, and it you're right. It it it's it's it feels so refreshing just by the smell, and yeah. you almost don't want to drink it because you don't want to be you don't want the bubble to burst. But I'm gonna take the oh, drink. I'm I wonder take what that a juniper berry is. Okay, here I go. Wow, that is freaking refreshing. Oh my god, that is legend. Oh my god, is what is this? Is it a beer? What is it? I don't know. It's a refreshing. It doesn't say if it's a cocktail or, um, nope. It just is. Nope. It doesn't say what it is, but it's <laughs> definitely it's got gin in it. So, yeah. I mean, but it's delicious. Actually, it's really I refreshing. I love this. Where did you find this, Sarah? So I can tell you I what a juniper berry is, mostly because some of my teeth oh, okay. have them. Uh, oh, okay. Think of it like a fusion between a cherry and a blueberry. Uh, it grows on a tree. Oh. Yeah. I'm a juniper tree. <coughs> but yeah, I am sick. And I'm wondering if it's like kind of, you know, the Moscow mules in a can? Yes. That's what I was wondering, too. Because <clears throat> that's kind of what it, um, kind of what it tastes like um uh uh what do you call it like a, a spirit drink instead of a beer but i don't care i love it but yeah there's some proof that jen is really sick <laughs> i am very 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 sick <sighs> but um yeah so i'm not partaking in, i i know that like technically like drinking a cold drinks when you're sick it doesn't like do anything but I'm also Hispanic, mm -hmm. so you know what? It does do something because I said it does. <laughs> um, um, Sarah, do you remember where you picked this up? Yes, uh, Sam's Club is seven pack. I mean, six pack. A Sam's yeah. Club find. Wow. Oh, yes. wow. The and thing it about was, you know what? They know their market know audience. If it's still going to be there, because <laughs> Sam's Club stuff changes all the time. Well, it was there for quite some time, and I haven't checked recently, but um, it's it's delicious, and um, it, it, it actually is. was priced down. Ooh. It was priced down, and I was like, I'm going to take a couple of these and see what's up. And it Eddie says it tastes like a Moscow Mule, but mm -hmm. I could see that, but I don't like ginger. Um, so this is amazing. I will drink this over a Moscow, Moscow Mule anytime. I, only I like those Moscow drink Mules. <laughs> I'll drink Schweppes or like some other like very sweet ginger ale that you could barely taste the ginger in. <laughs> but ginger beer is very, very, very gingery and it ruins the Moscow meal for me. I'm not a fan. Mm. Well, I went on the website because I wanted to see what kind of drink this was. And it just tells me it's like a finished long drink. So I don't know. But um, it tells a little uh, story about Miles Teller. I don't know if you guys know who Miles Teller is. Mm -mm. He's an actor. He was in, I believe, The Hunger Games. And he was also in that movie about the drummer. I think it's called... Um, shoot. Anyway, he's an actor. You guys can Google him later. Miles Teller. Miles he was Teller. also in... A, a, he also was in some um, superhero movies. I think he was in the Fantastic Four, I believe. Oh, anyway, those good superhero movies, <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, he was in um, he was in New York uh, for the weekend, and he just happened to go into a, a store where they were doing a long drink tasting event, and he uh, he was there. He's th some of the co uh, founders of this Finnish. A drink were there um, for this event and he tried it he loved it so much that he just put it made it a, his mission to bring this drink to the west coast are you serious so 
Yeah, he was so like about this drink. He was oh, like, wow. oh my God, you guys have to come to the West Coast. So now the long drink company considers Miles Teller as like family of the long drink. Wow. And then um, when I think when he got married, he he had his uh, his pal DJ at at his wedding and then he tasted the long drink and now he became a part of the long drink family as well so the then movie... he introduced oh, sorry. He, then then kai joe the dj he introduced it to a golfer richie fowler uh, and he also joined the movement so now all these guys are like we need to spread the word about long drink so it's that impressive where it's and just now Comasi Comics has jumped on the wagon and we're spreading <laughs> the word about long drink. I never heard of that before yes. in my life. Right? Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it just and it's so striking because for you to like have a taste of it, and you're like so down for it. You're just like it must be delicious. Yeah. So I'm telling you now, it's so freaking refreshing. I could easily drink a six pack of this. Me too, and I'm um, glad that it's five five because that's a pretty um like that's respectable. A yeah, respectable ABV, not a waste of time, but not gonna knock you on your ass after the first one. So. I like it, and mine was sitting here for a while, so it got a little bit warm, but oh, with ice even, I know that that's uh, taboo because you're watering down the alcohol, but that's <laughs> still, um, and the, the um, I would just Google him, the movie you were thinking of is Whiplash. Whiplash, oh, yes. that was, I didn't <laughs> like him because he reminded me of a guy that I knew that I didn't like, uh-huh. um, but when I saw him in Whiplash, I'm like, I could hate the guy, but he's a fucking great actor. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so ever since that movie, I actually, when I see a movie with him in it, I, I actually watch it because he's such a good actor. Interesting. And I think he's in a he's in a series, I think, on Peacock, I believe. Uh, I think he's a, a cop or a sheriff. I haven't watched it yet because I don't want to get into series right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so now we have something in common with Miles Teller, the guy that I thought I hated but respect as an actor. So nice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the long drink. I I had it before, but I didn't want to spoil it. But uh, you know what? But because I had the six pack, so I just uh -huh. gave away three and kept three. Uh, but I can honestly say, like, swear to God, I drank it before, but drinking it today just reminded me how delicious <laughs> and it was. An absolute surprise. It was an absolute surprise, and it was just a, a nice gift, I believe. So, what is our rating on uh, the? the uh, cerveza or alcoholic beverage scale Kristen. so our scale is a uh, basic five point scale but we have tweaked it a little to actually be seven points um, uh, if we do a zero uh, out of five it is a flaccid if we do a one out of five it is very unsatisfied not only is that a sad face but it's a mad sad face <laughs> then a two out of five is unsatisfied uh, a three out of five is right down the middle, neutral. Then we have a four out of five, which is satisfied, and a five out of five, very satisfied. And then if we think that it is so good that it doesn't fit on the scale, that is a six out of five Super Saiyan. So I think you all already know where I'm going with this. I loved it so much. It's so good. It's not a beer, but that doesn't matter. I am giving it a Super Saiyan, and I am going on the hunt for it now um <laughs> to see if i can track it down this is gonna be my this is the summer of the long drink 2023 <laughs> i love it Incredible. you know what i was just thinking to myself <laughs> it would be like super awesome if people started carrying this on tap that would oh be my like, gosh. like yes. a long island on tap yes. oh my god oh, imagine yeah. <laughs> That would uh, that would be super cool. Even if they had it in a can, I think I would order it like at a restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it, I think it goes well with food. Yeah, um, it's light and refreshing. And I'm gonna also give it a super saiyan because I drank it before, but forgot all about it and drank it again. It was just as just struck by the the sheer flavor of it. And I too will go on a hunt and go to my <laughs> Sam's Club and see if it's there, possibly tomorrow. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Well, I yeah. So yeah, it, no. Go I ahead, say, Like I don't have it, um, uh, but I'll be on the lookout for it. 
Yes, definitely. Yes. And if any of you find it, let me know. I will Venmo you right in there <laughs> to give me some. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's kind of like a, a silverish white font, but it's against like a baby blue background. And in really big letters, it says long drink. So, um, so try to keep an eye out for that because it's really effing delicious. And that has been our beer review. All right, guys, it's now time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, today we are reviewing a book called I Am Hexed. And, uh... We believe that this was part of a reward for a Kickstarter, but we don't remember what for. Yeah, it was probably me, <laughs> but, the, but I don't remember. <laughs> um, but the book itself um, was fully funded on Kickstarter um, in and of itself. And it's a comic about the political struggles of modern day witches. Um, we only have the um, first issue. But the story is a supernatural political thriller. There's magic, mystery, personal drama, and an accidental carnivorous plant. We haven't got there yet. Uh, witches have been a part of the political fabric of Washington, D.C. since it was founded. It's only since the 1960s that witches stood together and fought to take back the word hexed. A movement was ignited when witches came out of their shadows and proudly showed off their broomsticks. Now with the struggle for equality ongoing, Charlotte Helm, a junior staff member for Senator Royce, has been thrust into the murky and dangerous waters of political games between witches and their adversaries. Charlotte is now DC's most wanted witch on the run. With her boss under suspicion for political corruption, Charlotte, her ex-girlfriend, and whatever other help she can find scramble to keep one step ahead of the political and magical forces hunting her. So, I feel like there was so many themes and topics and crazy weirdness that were all put into this one story that you never would or that I <coughs> never would have thought would go together. Like, politics and witches in the modern day, like, I, I was really, like, super, um, like entertained by it and also just very um like we read so many comics and i read so many comics and sometimes you just recognize the same tropes the same um storylines the same uh uh just um ideas and this was just like so unique um i really even though it was just a one short issue i really enjoyed it a lot the whole political thing was interesting um the whole uh witches being political and um people trying to uh arrest them or um you know frame them for things i mean there are some similarities there with uh things that are going on in superhero marvel world right now with superheroes being outlawed and that kind of thing but i just find found it really interesting and unique and i really enjoyed it a lot and the art i really liked too the art was and the coloring i think it was the coloring that also the colors were just like very bright and kind of whimsical um a little bit and i just really enjoyed it a lot uh, I got to also add on to that. Uh, this is Sarah. And I also enjoyed the lettering. I know uh -huh. the lettering isn't a, such a prominent thing, but what I love about this book is that there's a lot of inner monologue and that thought bubble looks different than mm -hmm. regular dialogue and TV dialogue because there's a lot of news coverage yeah. on this, in this comic. Yeah. So like all of that, what I really, uh, I really love that because it really like, helps to kind of set everything apart sometimes i get a little lost when all the dialogue bubbles are the same yeah um so i gotta really make sure we acknowledge the letter that went out of their way to like differentiate every every kind of conversation that was going on in the comic book which i thought was amazing whilst i get lost but <laughs> but yeah mm -hmm. I was just like really impressed with the art and the story. I was like, yeah, politics in witches. That really makes sense, actually. So and I'm like, how come nobody's thought of this before? This is super cool. So I really enjoyed this first issue. 
It's um, uh, and I can't wait till the rest. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit of context. They give us a snippet. Huh? Uh, oh, go ahead. Go it's ahead. Um, um, no, go ahead. I'm it's sorry. four issues. It's already complete. Um, uh, okay. You can go to imhexed.com to get the rest of them. Um, it is mostly uh, I believe oh, women slash queer um. Uh, team that made this um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, comic book. The writer is um, uh, they have credits that include serving as the linguist on Kim and Kim Volume 2 and editing Strange Wit, uh, The Bargain, and other works. And they are also a staff writer at Comics MNT and have contributed to Teen Vogue, Flemsplain, Women Write About Comics, Talking About Comics, and various other uh, sites. I... Their name should be their name should be on the book. I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I know Thompson. it just says writer. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. It's written by Kristen Thompson and uh, illustrated by Christina Guilinardo Godreau. Um, and they had uh, many various uh, cover artists. I I'm like 100% sure that I'm probably the one who backed this, but I, for the life of me, cannot remember. <laughs> There's a, I backed a lot of things on Kickstarter. But um, it was a very interesting way of kind of, like, what if the Spanish Inquisition, but modern? Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of, uh, um, uh, it's very easy to replace witchcraft with womanhood. Uh, mm-hmm. in this, although there are some like moments where I was just all like, like in the beginning where that news reporter was just like, my mother got killed by a witch or something like that, and I was just like, how yeah. my mother got killed mm-hmm. by a woman, and I was like, so now he hates all women, <laughs> yeah, right, including his own mother. That's what I. <laughs> that's the that's my train of thought. Um, um, but it was it was good. Um, um. I think it was a very interesting modern take on um, uh, kind of like uh, like the whole like witch because most most witch stuff always like takes place in like in the past during the like uh, the pilgrims right. stuff like that or yes. it's like super dark and sexy <laughs> which don't get me uh, don't get me wrong I do enjoy that style of um, uh, witchcraft <laughs> as well. Uh, but this was a more fun, more bright um, uh, take on that. Uh, and I would say it's YA. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I agree. Yeah, and I think I think um, Charlie Helm, maybe polyamorous or maybe bi, which I really like because she mentioned that her ex-boyfriend from college was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I think he's Latino because he, yes. he mentioned something about And so and then uh, her ex-girlfriend um, was also a witch. And so and they're all trying to help her out. So I really thought that was great. I mean, despite like their history, they were they're amicable and they're friends still. So I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the website, they um, highlight the cover artist who is uh, Little Corvus, and um, they are a trans mask Latinx comic artist and illustrator based in Seattle. They're an Eisner, Ringo, and Ignatz nominated artist who has worked with Dark Horse, Scholastic, HarperCollins, and more. Uh, they love witches, street fashion, and positive, diverse stories. So we... Um, got introduced to a new Latinx creator that I had never heard of. So that's really cool as well. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> that was really uh, an amazing there. But they have like a huge team behind this comic book, which I thought was really great. And you could definitely see like the care they took with the story. It's um, some, at, at, there was this some point that it was a little bit over my head political wise, but then I went back and read the page and I was like, oh, okay, that's what they, that they were trying to say and stuff like that. So I really, I think it can be a YA book. Definitely. I think uh, the, 
I think the whole thing was executed just beautifully. Um, <clears throat> did you guys want to add anything else? I mean, I thought it was really cool how Senator Royce is based at Roanoke, Virginia, which is that Roanoke <laughs> colony that disappeared. Uh-huh. I was like, what? I know about that stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> <clears throat> that was pretty cool. So if you want to learn more about uh, maybe purchasing the next uh, merchandise or even like the issues, you can go to www.imhexed.com. That's I-A-M-H-E-X-E-D.com. Um, do you guys want to add anything else? I mean, I know it's the only first issue, but now I'm like totally interested in purchasing the other three issues because it's four issues, right? Yeah. yeah. I see. I see uh, number four available in the shop and they have some cute little bags available mm-hmm. for sale mm-hmm. on the, uh, on the website. It's, they're so cute. Mm-hmm. They have bags, prints, plushies, along with the pins. <coughs> Yeah, a whole bunch of cool stuff. And um, right now it looks like they only have uh, single issues available. So I don't know if at any point down the line they might have. um, Oops, my bad. They might have trade paperbacks available. But um, each of the single issues are $15. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean. It would help out, like, um, independent comic book creators. So that's also a plus. So anyway, I feel that this is a really good start to a really good story that I am so excited to read up on more in the future. Are we ready to rate it? Yes. Excellent. This is Sarah. I'm going to give it... Two and a half conchas only because this is a first issue and I'm very excited to see where this goes. I love it. I'm loving everything about it. The art, the writing, the care of the characters, the, um, the especially the dialogue bubbles. So the letter, shout out to the letter. So <laughs> I'm very excited. So that's two and a half conchas for me but just because this is a first issue. I just can't wait to read the rest of the story. How about you guys? Just a reminder, our rating scale is one to three conchas, with uh, three conchas being the best because it's the most conchas that Jen's mom ever allowed her to have in one sitting. Um, And then if we want to go above and beyond that, we might add a little something. But I'm also going to give it two conchas. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, It was the first issue. There was a lot going on. I enjoyed the storyline. I actually became um, invested in uh, by the end in this mystery thing going on. But in the beginning, I was a little bit um, confused because the story kind of jumped really quickly. And I was like, wait, how did this happen? So there was a little of those of kind of a couple of those situations for me. But I'm guessing that if I was able to read the whole thing and and. To its credit, by the end, it actually went back and answered those questions for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So um, so I wasn't just left still wondering. But um, two conchas for me, and I also am interested in uh, reading the other three issues. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this is Jen, and I'm going to give it two conchas as well. It's a, it's, it's a good book. Um, um, I think it's very nicely done. I think it's very well formatted. I love the colors for it. I like the story. Just personally, I'm not a super big YA person anymore. <laughs> so, anymore. Cause since you're, you, you're still YA hard though, Jen, aren't you? <laughs> am I? I don't know. <laughs> she hits her old, her late twenties and all of a sudden she's an old lady. Oh my God. <laughs> I just like other stuff, <laughs> but it was it was good, and I am excited. Like this is something that like I would like keep reading. Um, um mm-hmm. so am I going to spend fifteen dollars on an issue? From what I can remember, I think that I would see them at um uh, conventions, and like oh. the physical copy was like pretty hefty. Like it was done on like it was printed on like good paper. Um, and it was like really nice and felt so <clears throat> that makes sense yeah. as well. But it is yeah, I understand. that's one of the things. 
that's one of the things that small independent publishers kind of run up against a lot is that they don't have the numbers to be able to get their printing costs down low to something that um, parallels a book, a single issue book on sale by Marvel DC Image, who is anywhere between two ninety nine to, I mean, actually nine ninety nine these days. But um, and some pub, uh, some publishers just aren't knowledgeable enough, and they don't know um, that they can maybe get a cheaper printing um, with just as nice paper. Um, I have people come into shop all the time trying to sell me their book, and they're like, "It's twenty dollars." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'm going to need you to take a look at that wall. That's what I paid. Yeah. I know. They're like, that's what I paid. I'm like, I'm sorry that you paid that, but I sure in the heck am not. And I will pay half, but even 10 is like, because that's, that's something that is just something that my customers are not willing to pay for a a publisher or a writer or a creator that they have never heard of before. So Mm -hmm. um, I, we do see, see that being in the retail business a lot and also be just going to, to conventions a lot where, um, the first one, everyone makes their mistakes. Um, so I was thinking the same. I'm like, $15 is a lot of money for a single issue, but if it is hefty and there's a lot of stuff in there, you know, I, I could see maybe, but yeah, Mm. I, I definitely agree. Yeah. (laughs) And not to discredit because they probably are doing like the printing costs and also the artists mm-hmm. and all the creative team that was behind it. I'm pretty sure that there's a very good explanation for the price of it, but we live in a capitalistic world and $15 is asking a lot. Um, um, yeah. But yeah. I, if they ever make a nice like graphic novel and it's like anywhere from like the 30 to $40 range, I'd buy that. And, yeah. mm-hmm. So yeah. Just a suggestion. <laughs> Pardon, I'm sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, too conscious for me. All right, that has been our book review. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have for you volume two of a thing called Truth, Drive Home. So we've reviewed a thing called Truth before, and we were very taken with yeah. it. We thought it was amazing. We thought it was lovely. Uh, and now Volume 2 is out on Kickstarter. You can... Um, um, Yay! Yes. So right now, they are looking... Their goal is $24,325, and they are currently at $8,893, with 174 backers and 23 days to go. Oh, that's so, really good. It is. It, it's pretty good. Um, so, like, the way that the first volume ended, we still had questions. Uh, I remember that we still mm-hmm. had questions. I remember, and, yeah. And this is, it's only supposed to be, like, two volumes. This is supposed to wrap up the rest of that. So, I'm going to read a little bit of the story synopsis that they have right here. Only half, half of Happily Ever After. A scene as picturesque as the climax of your favorite film. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Two protagonists who weathered the slings and arrows of fate embraced in an airport terminal. But for fans of a thing called Truth's first story arc, there were some unanswered questions. What happened with the medical advancement Dr. Magdalene Mag Traumer was working on before was stripped away from her by her former unscrupulous employer. Will her estranged yes. husband's search for her lead to complications with the law? Will Dorian Wildfang's Quixote-like quest to fulfill her brother's posthumous wishes come to pass? Sadly, because of the nature of the comic business, these questions were unanswered due to this story's early cancellation, <laughs> silencing yet another LGBTQ character-driven narrative before its time. Until now. A Thing Called Truth, Volume 2, Drive Home. We are excited to introduce to you Volume 2, along with the exclusive opportunity to order copies of Volume 1 if you missed it. This is your invitation to bring this adventure to its exciting conclusion in an approximately 120-page graphic novel format. 
We know you want to see what happens next as much as we want to make it for you. We know that seeing is believing, so here's a pre few preview. Here's a preview of a few pages from Volume Two, and then they show pages and stuff like that um, for it as well. So the um, uh, the base you can always uh, pledge without a reward. You just want to like support it and stuff like that. But the base pledge starts at um, uh, 15 euros, which is about 17 dollars, and you get a PDF copy of volume two um which is pretty good and then at 25 euros yeah. or about 28 uh us dollars you get the physical copy of volume two and then at um uh, 40 euros which is about 44 dollars you get a physical copy of volumes one and two and a pdf copy of volume two and then it keeps increasing from there with different like extras one has prints other one has like um um like a door hanger and stuff like that. So I believe they have a retailer um, uh, tier as well. Um, but it was it was such a great story uh, that I this is definitely something that I'm interested in getting. And like $17 for a volume two, 120 pages, that's not bad at all. Like that's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is A Thing Called Truth, Volume 2, Rive Home on Kickstarter. Yay, all those I questions that you read um, are all the answers I want. So, yes, I <laughs> need to get that as well. <laughs> I'm super excited. I remember when we said... <clears throat> We said we read it and then we were like, oh, my God, I hope this is an ongoing series. And I can't believe that, you know, they just stopped here. And then you said, well, it's been two years since they released that. So maybe there's no more issues. And now we here we have volume two. I'm so excited. I uh, loved it. I mean, oh, my God, I'm so, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with with the trip they were doing and all the places they were going that were related to movies yeah. and stuff like that. I just, I love the whole thing. I mean, when they were talking about like, uh, anyway, I can't oh. ruin it. I mean, go back and listen to the episode where we reviewed the first volume because it is so good. We were just so like, we loved it. We did. We, loved we it. did love it. Um, and, it. And I believe we were also, because it had been two years, we were unsure whether the volume was still available to order or not. But from here, yeah, you can, right, if you right. were curious about it and then you weren't able to get a hold of it, now you can. Um, um, and you're like for a pretty good, decent uh, price as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, like check it out. Oh, my God. Thanks so much for bringing that up because I was just like. I mean, we all were like, we, we hoped that there were more issues yeah. and now we have we volume two. So I just can't wait. And now they will be answered. Yes, we did. <laughs> Yes. Excellent. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Before I start, I have to just tell you that I went to that Where Can You Find Long Drink uh, nearest you, and they <laughs> serve it at the Crest, which is 0.23 miles away from <gasps> me. That's what it says. Oh, my God. And the Crest, the Crest pizza is so good. You've got to have a lunch so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today on Juntos y Fuertes, which is our segment where we highlight um, projects by um, members of marginalized groups, I am bringing to you today the world of Henry Q Productions. It is also known as Henry Q Comics. Um, and it is a uh, production company that is run by uh ralph henriquez and they um are continuing the battle cry for latinx content henry q comics tells stories of latinx characters in the action genre they feature um uh, featured in the comics are two powerful latina characters fuerza in her self-titled comic book and agent garcia in rage in the shadows um, so their mission is to showcase Latin characters in a positive image meant to tell stories that look and represent, uh, look like and represent uh, Latinx uh, people, um, but are also enjoyable for everyone. 
Fuerza is the story of courage, determination, family, and honor. Her purpose is to protect and defend and rid the earth from any intergalactic or extraterrestrial assault against humanity. Rage in the Shadows is the story of fearlessness, motivation, protection, and vengeance. Agent Garcia is driven by the sole purpose to rescue her family, protect the world from a deadly serum, and confront the people responsible for kidnapping her family. Both titles have Latinas as lead characters to show that women can lead in the charge of comic books and movies. Um, so with the launch of both of these titles, their goal is to reach as many readers as possible worldwide with editions in Spanish coming um, soon. They hope that um, you can purchase their books um, through their website, which is HenryQProductionsLLC.com. Um, and you can purchase both Rage in the Shadows and Fuerza from that, uh, from that uh, website. Well, that sounds kind of amazing. <laughs> so, um, wow, Latinas, Latina freaking uh, main characters. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. Uh, who are we saludando today? Well, I have a pretty cool uh, saludo today. Uh, we are saludando Chicana artist Lucinda La Morena Inojo. Inojos, 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 Inojos. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has led a design crew to create a 9,500-foot mural that is going to premiere during the the Super Bowl next weekend in Phoenix. Um, so uh, she is a muralist. She's a Chicana muralist. And um, this is going to be on full display in her hometown of Phoenix during Super Bowl week. So this is Super Bowl week because Super Bowl uh, is next Sunday, February 12th, I think. Um, so the NFL announced Inojos as the marquee artist during Super Bowl. Um, la this, I don't know how to say um, Roman numerals, <laughs> whatever LVII is. <laughs> um, uh, so anyhow, this next Super Bowl, um, which is scheduled for, oh, the 10th in State Farm Stadium in Phoenix. La Morena is the first Chicana artist to work with the NFL on official Super Bowl themed art. Her centerpiece work has already been unveiled. It's a radiant burst of symbolism. The white tank mountains, Azteca dancers, fireworks, and hummingbirds all surround the proud Vince Lombardi trophy, itself center grounded with nopals on each side. Um, so this is going to be displayed on all official Super Bowl tickets. It will also feature prominently on displays and signage throughout the state of Arizona as the big game draws near. Um, Inojo said the significance of this moment is not lost on her. Being a native of Phoenix with children of her own who play football, she's deeply honored because this is very personal for her. So um, you can um, see her artwork um, all over the place in uh, Arizona and in Phoenix and you're going to be able to see it on TV when the Super Bowl um, airs on the 10th of February. So congratulations to Lucinda La Morena Inojo uh, on her big accomplishment. Absolutely. And you could see some of the work she's been working on and how she creates her murals on her Instagram, La Morena underscore art. And you could also see uh, some of that Super Bowl art that we uh, that uh, Kristen was talking about. Her stuff is just amazing and it's so bright and beautiful. It's just breathtaking. So take check, check out that uh, Instagram, La Morena underscore art. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, you can find us at on all or most all social media platforms, um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, TikTok. <clears throat> and also you can email us directly at comadresecomics at gmail.com. And you could definitely check out our cool stuff and some pictures on comadresecomics.com. 
Um, any words that I missed, guys? Yeah, I think that's everything. Mm, are you two? Excellent, guys. <laughs> thank you. so <laughs> Poor Jen. I'm sorry. Uh, thanks so much for... <laughs> it's okay. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate your support. And we really appreciate you reaching out to us. We try to answer... Uh, all the things all the time when we can um, thanks so much for reaching out and listening to us and supporting us um, we have been your hosts I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys bye bye and that's on period network <laughs>